Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I am so excited for today's episode because we are going to talk all about manifestation, like all about the law of attraction. Is it real? Is it not? How do you make it work? Does it not work? We're going to ask Catherine all the tough questions. That's right. We are sitting down with the manifestation babe herself. But before we do, I want to remind you guys that I'm out of my mind excited that my wife's new book is finally available for pre-order. Now, this is a big deal, and here's why. It's really funny. If you guys know us at all, you know that in our relationship, I lack that gene where, you know, I'm supposed to say things look really good, honey, when maybe there's a flaw in them. And so I'm really objective, like objective to a fault. Well, here's where you benefit from that. Because I can't lie about if something's good or not, or if it's going to be popular or not, or if it's going to work or not, I can tell you this with certainty. This book is one of those legacy home runs for anyone who is trying to create tribe in their life in order to succeed. Like it's literally the new rules of building tribe and surrounding yourself with the right people and how to keep it going as told through all of her stories. And she's absolutely hilarious in it. When I say stories, I literally mean never before told stories that are really crazy right from the woman's mouth herself, my wife, Lori Harder. So I cannot wait for you guys to read it. The people who have gotten to preview the book already are freaking out over it. Like they expected, oh, I'll do a nice post about it, but they literally can't put the dang book down. It's that good. So definitely go pre-order your book. And here's why. Only the people who pre-order are going to get the first batch. That's how the publisher knows how many to print. And you don't want to have to wait when everybody else is reading it. So go to loriharder.com forward slash Amazon and pre-order your book. Matter of fact, pre-order three or four of them. Here's why. There is a several chapter exercise in there that teaches you how to create a mini mastermind. The exact same mini mastermind that Lori's used for years with two other of her girlfriends that have up-leveled their game and their business and their life and their happiness significantly. So you got to get one for yourself and get a couple for the other women that you are going to invite into your private intimate mastermind. She tells you exactly how to do it. Again, go pre-order at loriharder.com forward slash Amazon. That is L-O-R-I-H-A-R-D-E-R.com forward slash um, Amazon, loriharder.com forward slash Amazon. All right. So we're going to sit down with Catherine, the manifesting manifestation babe herself. And I'm really excited. She is like brilliant when it comes to this stuff. You know, I followed her online for a while because we're in the same space and I love the way she always explained everything. And then I found out we're in the same mastermind, Lewis Howell's mastermind this year. And so it was a real treat to be able to meet her and pick her brain. And I could not wait to have her on the show and share her with all of you. And I got to be honest, this ends up being one of the best conversations about and one of the best explanations of the law of attraction that I've ever had. You're going to love it. I mean, she has a story where she was over $25,000 in debt, only earning $1,600 a month. And she was practicing this, you know, law of attraction and why wasn't it working? And, and then she had a breakthrough. 
and she realized how to make it work for herself. So we talk about, is it real or not? Is it science or not? Is it magic or not? How do you make this thing work in your favor? I mean, we go there with all of this and her answers are freaking gold. They're so easy to understand. So you're going to walk away from this thing totally empowered. So get ready, listen up. I mean, this episode is absolutely epic. All right, Catherine, I'm so excited to sit down with you. How are you doing? I am doing amazing, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Thank you for fitting me in. You're going to be an epic interview. I've been actually trying to connect with you quite a while. I know we get to see each other at the Mastermind, but you and I have had a couple of uh, missed chances to connect on here. So this is going to be a treat. I know. I'm so excited. It's been, I have no idea how I even found you or your podcast, but I was actually listening to you for a while and then learning that we were in the same mastermind. It was like, holy crap, what an amazing universe we live in. Like we're just all so connected and such a beautiful thing. I know. I totally remember that day. You're like, well, I'm coming here for Lewis's mastermind. I'm like, wait, you're in Lewis. I'm like, we're in that mastermind. That was so awesome how we connected. So no, it was awesome. Meant to be. So I've recently changed the format a little bit and I've changed it to where I love doing kind of a rapid fire, real fast question and answer in the beginning in order to help the listeners get to know you in a hurry. And then if there's something that comes up that we want to do a deep dive on, we'll circle back to it. Are you down? I am so down. So ready. All right. So here we go. Rapid (laughs) fire. Where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up in Los Angeles. And where do you live now? I live in Los Angeles. (laughs) And what is one of your superpowers? One of my superpowers is apparently I am very good at telling people what they need to hear at the right time. Ooh, almost like in a blunt way. Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> that was my nickname <laughs> in high school was blunt. That's so funny. Oh my God. <laughs> so what is one thing you're afraid of right now? Ooh, one thing I'm afraid of. Um, it's a really good question. Um, I'm still inching my way towards public speaking. So I think like, it's interesting because like the thing I'm most afraid of right now is a stage and a microphone, which is so weird. But yeah, I would say that. Well, you're doing well in the microphone so far. (laughs) (laughs) What are your favorite books ever? Oh my God. Great question. I am a voracious reader. I have so many books in mind and I have a book recommendation for everything, but I want to say the most impactful book in my life was when I read um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Have you read that book? No. It is unreal. It wasn't even, he wrote it in 1930-something, soon after Thinking Grow Rich, and it wasn't published until 2009. And so just like the information in there completely shifted my perspective on fear and what fear really is. And it was like manifestation and all these principles that obviously I love to study, but from the perspective of the devil, it's fascinating. Wow. Okay. I'm totally going to read that. One regret that you have. Ooh, I, you know, I don't want to say I have any regrets, but if I had to choose something, um, if I had to choose something, I would say probably not starting my business earlier or not putting myself out there earlier just because of how amazing life has been ever since I decided, decided to play a bigger game. But I don't want to say, you know, I don't, I don't really believe in regrets. I feel like everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason. Everything happens, um, for its highest good. So I don't know. I like, by the way, that's the most common answer. Who okay. is somebody who has changed your life? Ooh, Tony Robbins, for sure. And what is something generous that you've done recently? Something generous that I have done recently? Um, it's a great question. I feel like I 
am always doing something generous, not to like show off or anything, but I am a huge believer in generosity. I give away 10% of my income um, to a an organization here in Los Angeles called Food on Foot. And it's this guy who um, started this organization that really supports um, the homeless, but not just by feeding them and giving them um, clothes and shelter, but actually helps homeless people rebuild their lives through um, therapy and kind of like a, a, a life uh, from a life coaching perspective. And he helps them get uh, get jobs and find a place to live and just does all these beautiful things. So I've been really supporting that organization. I think I've been one of their top donors for a while. So I would pick that. That's awesome. Okay, you're gonna have to introduce me to that because we are both LA onions or whatever the heck we would call it. Last rapid fire question is what is one of your all time favorite accomplishments thus far? Oh, wow. Um, one of my favorite accomplishments thus far, um, probably writing, um, putting my two books out there. And Uh, one or, or both are bestsellers, right? Uh, the, one of them is higher. I actually promote one a lot more heavier. Yeah, it was an Amazon bestseller, which surprised me. It it had some huge organic growth, like uh, 11,000 copies sold without any formal advertising at all. I don't even know how to formally put up a Facebook ad. So um, <laughs> it really took off. And I think I'm super proud of that, uh, of that piece of work for sure. People don't realize 11,000 books sold is huge. Like I until you get into the book game, you don't realize how big of an accomplishment that is. Thank you. I had no idea until I think someone at the mastermind pointed it out to me that like people do book launches and only sell like 20,000 copies and they'll do like huge book launches. And this is over the course of like six months of just, you know, little me uh, promoting my book on Instagram and Facebook. So thank you for that. That's <laughs> I awesome. I love it. Well, it sounds like you did a good job anyway. So let's go a little bit deeper into the interview. And I love your brand, Manifestation Babe. And when you go check out your bio, you know, it says this little quote Instagram thing that I started with is turned into this <laughs> epic juggernaut uh, corporation that is literally changing people's lives. So tell us more about your brand and really how you got into it. Absolutely. So let me backtrack to the fact that, um, you know, as I started getting on interviews, people would always ask me like, how did Manifestation Babe come about? Like, where did you get started? And I want to bring it back to interestingly enough, when I look back in my life where when I was five or six years old, I used to go to Barnes and Noble all the time. And I used to like my mom would always, you know, try to inspire me to read more books, even as a young child. And I would always pick books from the child section and Barnes and Noble and bring it to the self-help section. And I would just sit there and spend a lot of time there. And I have no idea why, but I remember the self-help section, the personal development section really, really fascinated me. And, um, it wasn't until I was 16 years old when I came across The Secret, when that was a huge sensation, um, you know, when the movie came out and then the book came out. Um, I was actually at my friend's house in 10th grade and she handed me this book and the book was The Secret. And I just remember she told me, Catherine, this is how money works for my grandpa and my grandpa doesn't work for money. And I had no idea what that meant, but I was hooked immediately. I was like, okay, that sounds amazing. Um, and I remember taking that book home and, uh, devouring it within like a couple hours. And I remember just being so fascinated with it. And I've never heard of this thing called the law of attraction because, um, I came from a childhood of a lot of scarcity and a lot of fear. Um, uh, we're an immigrant family. So 
I'm actually an immigrant, um, if you want to count me as one, but technically I am American. We came here when I was one years old, but my mom and my dad and my grandparents were actually chased out of the Ukraine by the mafia soon after the Soviet Union fell. And so we luckily were able to escape to the greatest country in the world. Um, and when we came here, obviously, I watched my parents struggle and work so hard and money was so scarce and so hard to come by. And so when I finally discovered, you know, by the time I was 16 years old, life was so much better um, and things were good. But I remember really reading this book and learning about the law of attraction and just being so fascinated by it and thinking, holy crap, can you actually create your own reality? I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to try to manifest something, right? Because I thought my life was kind of random by that point. I think I thought that things just happened that um, you know there's this thing called fate where everything's lined up for you already everything's predetermined and you're just kind of uh, you know rolling with the punches but um, I remember after reading the secret I decided to manifest a good grade <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, my mom you know she's a true Russian woman, all about the good grades, all about the school, all about uh, getting a college degree, getting good, a good job. And so I'd always try to impress her with my good grades. And so I remember um, I had a rough week that week and I wasn't studying as hard. And I was sure that I would get a C or D on this test. And I remember, you know what, if this thing is actually real, I'm going to test this out. And so I remember visualizing, like they say, you want to visualize um, the outcome that you want. And I remember visualizing my, um, and I was in a small school. So I was actually in Gig Harbor, Washington at this time. Um, it's like, it's not too small of a town, but it's way smaller than LA, anything I was ever used to. And my teacher was one of those teachers that would call your mom when you got an A on a test. Like she would just excitedly call your parents. And I remember envisioning my mom's phone going off. I think it was like a Saturday night. I was spending time inside and, um, uh, I was just like obviously reading the book and I remember envisioning my mom getting a phone call and, uh, um, my teacher on the other line telling my mom that I got an A on the test. And literally, Chris, like within 30 minutes, that's exactly what happened. I manifested that A on my test and I was just hooked. And from that point on, up until about three years ago, I have been just on this journey, this personal growth journey where I have read every single book on the law of attraction, the universe, universal laws of the universe, um, anything personal development, obviously love Tony Robbins events, but I was never really applying it. That's the problem. And so um, I, you know, it's something that felt good. It's something that I would sometimes sometimes do, sometimes not do. I was really good at applying it to travel, but not so much other aspects of my life. And I remember um, about a year after I graduated, I was in an MLM company and my business with that MLM was just not taking off. And I remember doing all these, I remember really hustling and um, doing all these things and really trying to take this business off the ground. But no matter what I did, I kept going deeper and deeper into debt and building up more and more of a struggle. Like it just wouldn't, I just couldn't take it off the ground. And I remember having this um, panic attack one day where I literally was in my bedroom and I remember um, looking at my bank account and seeing the numbers in my bank account and just wondering like, what is it? Like, what makes me different? Like, why am I struggling? Why can't I just get ahead. Why can I, why can't I apply these principles to my life? What is going on? And I realized in that moment that, you know what, 
this is my enough is enough moment. I've obviously, obviously reached my breaking point, my kind of um, rock bottom moment. And I remember telling myself, um, I remember, or maybe like I read this in a book or something, like someone said that you have two, uh, two ears and one mouth, use it proportionally. You need to shut up and you need to just listen to other successful people. You need to do what they're doing. You need to apply this knowledge. There is the law of attraction, but there's also the law of action. You have to take the physical action. You can't just sit in your bedroom and wish your business to take um, off ground. You can't just sit on a couch and just envision dollar bills flying, you know, from the ceiling down onto your lap. Like that thing, that, that, that just doesn't happen. You have to actually take physical action to make the physical manifestation come alive. And I remember diving really deep into, um, even more spiritual principles. And about four months later, after I started to, my life started to improve, um, I, in my MLM business, I realized that I was teaching my team how to apply these principles to their business. I would tell them to visualize customers coming in. I would tell them to visualize, um, new team members coming on and building vision boards and doing their affirmations and mantras. I was just, I just became this big teacher because I'm, I became obs- even more obsessed with these principles. And about four months down the line, I came across, um, a couple coaches in the online space who were pretty much monetizing, coaching others and teaching others on the law of attraction. And I remember thinking to myself, that was like my big aha moment. I remember thinking to myself, wait a second, I can do just that. Like I don't have to be selling the fitness products. I can just be a teacher. I can just create courses. I can just share this knowledge and get paid for it. And so that day was when this idea of manifestation babe just downloaded where, um, I remember sitting in my bedroom and thinking, Oh my God, I want to make a course. How do I make a course? I remember wanting to make this manifestation one-on-one course. And so I went online and I Googled, how do you build a website? How do you um, create a course? How do you put information up there? How do you password protect it? How do you sell it? How do you set up a PayPal account? And I remember thinking, okay, what am I going to name it? What am I going to name this? And all of a sudden this just manifestation babe came at me. Um, I don't know where it came from, but it was so catchy to me. And so obviously I started an Instagram account right then and there and just started posting quotes and just started sharing knowledge that I've been studying for my entire life. And I strongly believe that we are drawn and attracted to certain things for a reason because we are either meant to teach them or we're meant to do something with them. There is no accident. And so finally, I figured out how to be able to impact lives and influence people and actually share this wealth of knowledge that I have and share the information that I have through this online space and be able to do it anywhere in the world, um, you know, at any time from my computer, from my phone. And that was basically the birth of Manifestation Babe. That is an awesome story. I love that you found the secret at at age 16 and it changed your life so much. So I've got to dig a little deeper on that one because there's like this hot debate, you know, is the secret the real deal or not? And a lot of people are still not sold on manifestation. A lot of people are still not sold on law of attraction. You know, is it like an energy magic trick or is it more of a result of, you know, somebody just deciding that they want to do better and then working harder in the right direction? Take us down that road. 
Yeah, you know what, Chris, it's really interesting because um, these universal laws, right? The thing about the secret is that the secret, it digs into the law of attraction, but it misses out on all the other laws that there are. And there are plenty, um, all these laws that explain how quantum physics works. And especially they forget about the law of action, like you have to take the physical action. And so what a lot of people end up doing is they end up... Um, taking the law of attraction literally. And I found in my experience, when you take the law of attraction literally, it kind of sets you up for disappointment because if you take the law of attraction literally, it means that like attracts light like attracts like, and it's going to happen instantly, right? The thing is, is that there's so many other laws in place. Um, there are so many different other universal laws that are, um, that are either giving you experiences or causing you to grow, or there's a lot of other things that are involved in the human experience. Now with manifestation and the law of attraction, the thing is, is that this is nonlinear thinking. Like there's no way to explain it. You have to experience it for yourself. And for me, I think that's what got me hooked is that I decided to try it. I decided to um, apply it and just see what would happen. And a big mistake that people make is that they, decide they decide to apply it to something big they think oh yeah okay if this is the real deal let me manifest a million dollars the thing is that most most of the time these people have never seen a million dollars in their life so when i teach others the law of attraction i tell them to start with something as simple as a cup of coffee and let me tell you when you manifest a cup of coffee or you decide you decide that you're going to manifest a cup of coffee and it actually happens that starts to build your muscle your manifesting muscle and then you're like holy crap was that a coincidence or did that just happen and then you try it on something slightly bigger and then you try it on something slightly bigger and then you try it again on something even bigger until you realize okay there's a pattern and this pattern um, is just uh, it, like there's no, you can't argue with it. It's like I decide and my manifesting formula is basically this. I decide to have something. So I get super clear on what it is that I want um, to manifest into my life. And then step two is to become the version of yourself who already has it. And the version of yourself who already has it is going to have certain thought processes, is going to have certain belief systems, is going to have certain values. They're going to identify themselves in a certain way. Your I am's change. The way that you speak changes. Um, your habits change. And so that is like the easiest way to get into alignment with how do I bring that thing into my life? Well, first, I must change the way that I am inside. I must become the version of myself who already has that thing. And then step three is to actually take the inspired action of whatever comes from step two. Um, so that would be my, my manifesting process and kind of how I explain, um, how it works. And that's one of the best explanations I've ever gotten to this question, by the way. So thank you for that. I love your formula. Decide number one, number yes. two, become the version who already has it or is it or experiences it. And, and that's really what calls it in. So it makes sense to start small because like you were saying, when you start really big, well, you're not believing it. You're not feeling it because it seems so big and so unreal that you're really not calling it in. So that kind of leads me to my next question. What's more important? Is it to, and I'm still referring to the law of attraction here. Hmm? Is it to think about the thing you want or to feel the thing you want? Um, feel definitely. 
because the way that I see it is your feelings, whatever you're feeling is a huge concentration of your thoughts. So a lot of people think that in order to utilize law of attraction in their favor, they have to get rid of negative thinking. They have to get rid of any unsupportive thoughts. The thing is, is that the way I see it is that thoughts are automatic. A lot of thoughts you can't control because as you're walking around on the street, you see something happen. And while you're processing what's happening, you have a bunch of thoughts that flood your mind. And so it's impossible to get rid of thoughts. And I don't believe that thoughts are the things that directly manifest. I think that thoughts are the starting point. And as you choose which thoughts you want to focus on, as those thoughts get more and more concentrated and more like thoughts start to build in your mind, you develop a feeling. And whatever that feeling is, is expressed outward as joy or depression or um, you know a feeling of lack or a feeling of sadness or a feeling of happiness, whatever it is. And I believe that when we are feeling a certain um, way, that's when we become a vibrational match to whatever it is that we are manifesting that will give us those similar feelings. So for example, when I teach money manifestation, I share with people that it's not the actual money. Money is just a tool and tool is tools are indifferent. Um, it's a neutral resource. It has no uh, meaning except for the meaning that you give it. And so really ask yourself, what is the feeling that you would get when you have that money, whatever that money is? What is the feeling that you would get um, of whatever it is that you're manifesting. And when you match those feelings, when you internally feel those feelings, that's when you become an energetic match to that thing. And by law of attraction, like attracts like you can't help but bring that into your into your reality. Okay, this is by far one of the best conversations about this I've gotten um, from somebody. Like the way you're explaining it makes it so real for everybody. So I actually want to stay on this path. Now, awesome. I want you to kind of help our listeners move from scarcity thinking to abundance thinking. And here's the caveat. You said that you really have to get into a place where you feel the outcome. And mm -hmm. we all know that like people who are stuck in scarcity, they can't see their way out. Like it, some people are in some really rough situations that I would not want to be in. So Absolutely. how does that person go from any form of scarcity thinking to, you know, even a remotely barely abundance thinking? Yes. So I have two kind of methods that have personally helped me and have helped a lot of my clients is one of them. I call it the gratitude rampage. And that's just really noticing the tiniest of the tiniest of things directly in front of you that you can be grateful for. And I will, and this is especially something that I use when I'm feeling, um, you know, that feeling of scarcity, when I'm feeling scared, when I'm feeling low vibration, I will start to, um, say thank you for, and I'll literally start with thank you for my fingernails. Thank you for my fingers. Thank you for my nose. Thank you for my eyes. Thank you for my desk. Thank you for my phone. You know, as, as small to, and I, and I grow bigger and bigger and bigger as I feel my vibration raising, as I think to myself, holy crap, look at how much I have in my reality that I can be grateful for. And as long as you can be grateful for the tiniest and tiniest of things, the more that you can count, the bigger and bigger and bigger that feeling of abundance grows within you. Another thing that really helped me was I remember when I was feeling the most uh, scarce in my life, I remember looking outside my window and just thinking to myself, 
um, just seeing the trees outside and seeing the plants and the flowers and looking outside. And I lived in Washington state at the time and it was raining consistently every single day. I don't know how many of your listeners live in Washington, um, around Seattle, but it rains 300 days a year. And so I remember looking at the raindrops and looking at the trees outside and looking at all the greenery and thinking, holy crap, there is no end. Look at how much there is in nature, how abundant nature is. The grass is never ending. Trees will keep growing until they can't grow anymore. Like they just keep growing and growing and growing. There's no competition. Uh, Flowers will keep blooming. They'll bloom by each other. And the rain just keeps falling and falling and falling. And nobody's worried about the rain running out. Nobody's worried about the sun running out. Nobody's worried about carbon dioxide running out. Like nature is just being. And I thought to myself, I am part of the system. We human beings are also part of nature. And if these plants aren't worried, then why are we worried of running out of resources? And so that was a huge shift for me. I had to use that metaphor in order to get myself out of that scarcity mindset. And all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, I'm part of this abundant system. And so therefore I am abundant and I have access to all the resources in the world. I absolutely love the gratitude rampage. It almost sounds like what I wake up to every day. I wake up to first a mantra and then second, I roll right back over and I do this prayer of gratitude. It's just starts with the smallest, dumbest stuff. And it's like, I'm grateful that my bed's warm. I'm grateful that my dog's laying across my leg. And it just kind of snowballs over the next two minutes into really large things. And you can't help but feel abundant afterwards. Yeah, I think that if you're always looking for the big things in life to be grateful for, then you are always going to be waiting to be happy. And if you can just understand that even the time, like just being able to breathe, being able to see, being able to hear those things are actually so much bigger than anything. Like ask anyone who has lost their eyesight or ask anyone who who has lost their limbs, like, or ask anyone who has health issues. Like that's the stuff that really matters. And so we take so much for granted. And when we realize like we have already won the lottery, we're already so blessed. Um, I feel like then it's just nothing else matters. It's like everything else is a bonus to our human experience. Wow. Mic drop moment right there. That whole last piece. That was awesome. I love that. That piece alone will change lives right there. So at this point, you're really an expert in this, obviously. Do you ever fall back into a lack mindset? Absolutely, Chris. And it's funny because sometimes, um, I cringe at the word expert because it's like, I don't want people to look at me as like, I'm this perfect human being and I, everything goes amazing for me consistently in my life. I like to remind people and be transparent with them that I'm a human being. And most of the principles that I teach, you know, I obviously have to, I apply them. I walk my walk, but sometimes I have to remind myself of these principles as well. And, um, you know, growing up in a very, very, uh, scarce uh, situation with my childhood, you know, sometimes my mind will fall back in that place. It's because I've, you know, um, in my NLP certification, I learned a lot about the subconscious mind and it's been fascinating. And I learned that from ages zero to seven years old, you are a walking subconscious mind. You are a sponge. You are pretty much agreeing to everything around you as truth. So whatever your parents are saying, you're basically an extension of your parents, whatever your, you know, daycare is saying, your daycare providers, whatever their mindset is, you know, the people that you 
you surround yourself, you're essentially a sponge to them. And so we are really programmed by other people. We're really programmed by society. And it's like this, you know, seven years is a really long time. And most of us don't realize we don't become aware of this programming until we're like 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, and some people never. And so you have to realize that you've spent so much of your life in scarcity mode, you know, not everyone, but we've spent so much of our lives um, living our life a certain way, believing certain things, having certain thoughts, that it's going to take consistency to maintain the new programming, the new thought process. It's like working out, right? You can't just go into a gym and even if you work out for a year straight and you're healthy and you work out six days a week and you really built up some muscle and you lost some fat, but then you stop for like two years, you know, you can easily undo all of that work. It's because you have to be in maintenance mode. You have to keep maintaining it. You have to keep learning. You have to keep growing. You have to keep applying these things to yourself. And so absolutely, I'm a human being and I go through my own lows. The thing is that I never give up. I just dive right back into the basics. I dive right back into what I know is truth. I dive right back into my books and my journals. And I just use these tools on myself. And um, because they always bring me out of that scarcity place. I know that I can trust these tools. And that's why I love, love, love sharing these tools with other people. Wow. So it's almost like we never change who we are or our thoughts fundamentally. It's like we change how we handle them when they show up. Yeah, I think, um, Recently, I've had a couple of clients struggling with, you know, negative thinking or struggling with a lack mindset. And I tell people like the goal of life is not to eliminate these things because these are part of the human experience. If you work your entire life trying to eliminate negative thinking, eliminating sadness, eliminating um, fear, eliminating worry, you're going to drive yourself crazy and you're going to be so unhappy because they are given to us for a reason. They serve us. They um, strengthen us in how we, in what we choose to focus on. Like I believe in the law of polarity and the law of polarity says that there's an opposite to everything. And I believe that the law of polarity is essentially strengthening our focus muscle and asking us consistently, what are you choosing to focus on? What do you want to be focusing on in this moment? So that when we bring, you know, when we experience joy or bring in whatever it is that we want into our life or manifest the thing that we want, we can appreciate it that much more. And so I think it's a game of focus rather than a game of elimination. So good. I want to talk about your upbringing because you've brought that up a couple times now. Um, how'd you feel about money growing up? Oh my God. I was, um, my, there was never enough to go around. Um, it was always something you have to work really, really hard for. Um, I would watch my mom like literally receive bills in the mail and she would just break down crying immediately. Um, and so just seeing her reaction, you know, I watched a lot of my parents' reactions to money and how money doesn't grow on trees. And, you know, thankfully, um, I wasn't programmed with the belief that money is evil or money corrupts you. However, that came later on in life through actually one of my ex-boyfriends. Um, he was more religious and I was really influenced by that religious uh, background of his. And then I had to later on in life struggle with this guilt complex of, um, you know, money corrupts you, your money is evil or having more of it, it makes you a bad person. And so 
all that compilation. The reason why I love teaching money mindset is because there's so much that I had to overcome and go through. And now I just show other people like, okay, like that is not necessarily the truth and money is not evil. The more you have, the more you can give and it's a tool and you can do so much with it. And, um, you can absolutely bless other people's lives. And it's, it's really a tool to help you elevate your human experience. It's a, it's a tool that gives you options and opportunities and choices to either say yes to things that you love and no to things that you hate. Um, I totally believe that that's what money allows you to do, but yeah, like it's been a journey of just unwinding that programming and, uh, reprogramming myself to be more money conscious and, um, uh, more of a money magnet rather than a money repellent. Well, it's fascinating. Our parents don't even realize what they're doing to us growing up when they, they have these moments of throwing fits over bills and, you know, being so upset over money being tight, like they're programming our DNA right in front of us and they don't even realize it. It's crazy. It is. And it just inspires me even more to, you know, teach as many parents as possible, you know, while their kids are young or even before they have kids, just so we can change the next generation. Um, because it doesn't have to be this way. Like we don't have to, uh, and it's not like we're doing it on purpose or our parents are doing it on purpose, but it's like, if we can stop complicating, um, our kids lives by giving me, giving them these belief systems that don't even empower them. In fact, disempower them. Then it's like, there's life would be so much just easier automatically for that generation. Um, but yeah, it's fascinating. Like how much we, we don't realize how much of what we believe is something that we were taught from someone else. We think that that's just how life is supposed to be. The thing is, is that we were all, we all came onto this planet as a blank slate and you know, we just picked up you know, this is what life is like. This is what money means. This is what that means. This is what relationships mean. This is what marriage means. And so we create these meanings based off of other people's meanings. And it's not unless we are aware of it or we choose to consciously change it, that it actually changes. I'm curious, you know, you said that you give 10% of your income to food on foot in LA and that you're a wildly generous individual. Where did this part of your personality come from? Oh, it's a very interesting question. Um, I think that, um, you know, a lot of my generosity, I feel like comes from, um, just generosity at its core comes from my grandma. My grandma is extremely generous and I love her to death. But the thing about money, I'm kind of the first person in my family or the first person I know that gives money away. I think for me, Chris, what inspired that was more of a test at first initially of how much do I believe that money is actually truly abundant because I wanted to detach myself from it. I wanted to show myself that I don't have to hoard it and that, um, you know, by hoarding it and believing that if I give it to someone else or spend it on something that it's never going to come back into my life. And I think I read a couple books too, that really inspired, um, these like percentage rules of like, you know, 10% you pay yourself, 10% you give away, like tithing 10% this. And so I was really inspired to try it as an experiment. And what I ended up finding within just a couple weeks to a couple months was how much was returning back to me. And it wasn't that I started doing it because, Oh, I want this to all to come back to me tenfold, but it's just what happened. Um, you know, as a result of me 
blessing other people's lives and supporting charities and supporting people. I used to find back before I found an organization that really inspired me, I used to go um, on random GoFundMe accounts and just see like based on how much my 10% was for that week. So when I started, I was literally donating, I was making $400 a week and donating 40. Um, and so I would just look at any random GoFundMe accounts that would inspire me or anyone who's like $40 away from their goal or someone in my community and just surprise them and just put some money in there. Um, and what I noticed is how much more blessed my life has become because I started to bless others. And I thought to myself, Oh my God, this is like law of attraction. You know, everything's going to come back to you. Um, like attracts like. And so the more that you send out that flow of money, the more that's going to come back to you anyway. Wow. That's awesome. You know, I do this, this question on every single interview and it's really just meant to inspire that chain reaction of giving. It's meant to give people, you know, new ideas of how they could give. And so I ask you, what is one of your all time favorite moments of giving? Not your biggest, unless it happens to be that, but just one of your all time favorite moments. Yeah. Um, hold on. Let me think about this. Um, Chris, there's literally so many, <laughs> like, uh, um, it just becomes so part of my life. It's become so integrated that I love all the moments. And I think that my favorite part of every single moment is just how surprised people are and the tears that people have and the excitement. And they're just in disbelief that strangers care about them. I think my favorite moments of generosity is when I surprise a complete stranger, not so much through an organization, but literally handing out, um, you know, money to someone who's struggling on the street, or if I'm having a conversation with someone and they're telling me about their big goals and dreams. Like for instance, when I was holding a, my retreat in Bali, we were having a conversation with one of the drivers and he was telling us about how life is so tough and how, you know, how much exactly that they make. And we looked it up and converted it. And it was like a hundred bucks a month and how much his car costs and how he has four kids. And he's trying to put them through high school even. And high school is something that you have to pay for in Bali, just a lot of crazy stuff. And I just remember, you know, just handing them this huge, huge tip after being in the, in the car with him. And it's like enough to cover his expenses for like four months. And to us, it's like, you know, I think I hand, I think we handed like a thousand or $2,000, but for him, it was like a whole supply to be able to, um, support his family and to support, um, his kids going to school and food and, um, you know, be able to pay for his car and all this stuff. And it made such a huge difference. And so to see the reactions of strangers, I think really inspires me because it's the people who least expect to be helped by another stranger. I totally um, agree. That's like the best feeling ever because it's it so is. tangible. It's so real in the moment. It is. And it just makes you feel so good. And then you want to do it more. And then, you know, like you just, it just goes on in this huge, just ripple effect of like, it's like a, it's like a positive feedback loop. Like you do it, it feels really good and you just keep doing it and keep doing it. And then all that beauty just returns to you. And so that you have even more to keep giving more. And it's just a beautiful cycle. Yeah. Best cycle ever to be caught up in. So before I ask you the last question, what are you most excited about that you're doing and that you have coming up and where can we find you? Like where should people tap into you? Yeah. So what I'm most excited about right now is all the stuff that's coming up this year. I have lots of exciting live events that I'm stepping into. Like I mentioned before at the beginning, I 
Um, grew up with this severe fear of public speaking, but I am constantly working on facing my biggest fears and just putting myself out there because I know I have a message to share and I got to be a uh, stop being afraid of putting myself out there in a bigger way. So I'm super excited about that. I'm really excited about all the traveling that I've been doing. Um, back when I started Manifestation Babe, I was $25,000 in debt and completely broke. And I remember every single day, every single day, um, just visualizing my life, you know, building this business and being able to travel the world and being able to do whatever that I want and not have to check the price tag beforehand, not have to, um, you know, I can choose to sit in first class if I want to, I can choose to go anywhere in the world. I can choose to stay in five-star, um, hotels. And so my life has pretty much become that in the last year. And so, um, you know, like tonight I'm going to Costa Rica for 10 days and then after that I'm going to Bali and it's just become this amazing manifestation of everything everything that I've been visualizing and setting intentions on and working on and taking action. So that's super exciting to me. Um, where you can find me is manifestationbabe.com. On Instagram, I am at manifestationbabe and on Facebook as well, manifestationbabe. And I also have a big, big group on Facebook for anyone who's interested in just soaking up more information on manifestation and finding a community um, that loves this stuff as well and loves to talk about and share their stories and ask for tips and advice. It's a group called Manifestation Babes, so plural, Manifestation Babes on Facebook. And we're, I think we're at like almost 44,000 members now. So it's wow. super stuff. No boys allowed? Uh, boys are allowed, actually. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Last question. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of wealth and success? Absolutely. I strongly, strongly believe that the more you have, the more you can give. It all comes down to that. It comes down to when you have everything in your life um, and you're set up for life and you know, you have um, all the abundance you can ever dream of. You have all the money you can ever dream of. Like what is left? What is left is who, how can you give back? How can you support others? How can you fund, um, these incredible, uh, how can you uh, fund entrepreneurs, other entrepreneurs? How can you fund these incredible scientific experiments and projects that are happening in the world? Like how can you fund all this technology that's happening in the world? How can you fund opportunity? Like it all comes back to giving in the end. Um, and so I believe that you should start giving now, but also my plan personally, my goal is to be as rich and successful and wealthy as I possibly can be because I just have so many people that I want to support. I have so much that I want to give back. And the only way I can do that and be in control of that is if I have that wealth myself. Wow. Great answer. Great interview. I love everything you had to say. It's literally going to change lives. Catherine, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much, Chris. This is an absolute joy. Thank you. No, my pleasure. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.